0: Welcome into another episode of a Colorado Craft Podcast by Mile High Bourbon and Rye. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Zach, and I am the host of a Colorado Craft podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome in. On this show, I talk Colorado Craft. What that means is if it's made in Colorado, if it comes from Colorado, if somebody is doing something really cool and they're based out of Colorado, then I want to talk about it. Usually this is focused around craft spirits, particularly whiskey, or beers, sometimes wines. But I also do like to talk about arts, music, sports, food, anything that, again, is Colorado-based. I am a Colorado guy through and through, and I love to support anything and everything that makes this beautiful state the only place in the world I care to call home. This week, what I really want to focus on is cask-finished whiskeys, and specifically from Mystic Mountain Distillery, their new release of the Cask Mates. The bottle I have now is the new Cask Mates from Mystic Mountain. It is an American whiskey finished in Imperial Stout barrels. Uh, It says American Whiskey on the front of the bottle, so it is technically labeled that way. However, it is a bourbon that originally goes into the barrel, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But before we get into too much detail on this bottle in particular, what exactly is cask finished? Because all whiskeys are aged in barrels, right? Well... You know, if you weren't already familiar with that fact, whiskey is in fact typically aged in some form of a wood barrel to add flavors and smooth out that raw spirit that comes off of the still. This process also filters out impurities in the whiskey through the charred wood, adding even more reason that this aging process is essential in a good whiskey. When you move it to a new barrel after the initial aging process is completed, you are then finishing the spirit in a new cask. This has been very popular in Irish whiskey and Scotch whiskey for a pretty good amount of time, and also pretty popular in bourbon whiskey a little bit more recently than those two. Scotch, as it turns out, actually has some of the most rigorous rules for finishing whiskeys. For instance, you can't finish a scotch in a barrel that previously aged a cider, as long as I read that rule correct. I could be mistaken, but I did read that on a couple of different websites online. I'll link to at least one of the articles in the show notes on this. Post are on this episode, so check out if you want to um, and see some of the rules that just come across for what exactly it means to be a finished whiskey and what rules you have to follow. I found that the original, and I'm going to put original in air quotes, finished whiskey is attributed to Balvini with their double wood, which was finished in ex Oloroso sherry casks. I'm putting that in air quotes because that's a pretty tough claim, I think, to completely validate, but it does seem to be something that holds up pretty well. So Balvini, at least for right now, has the credit for kind of starting that finished process. Since this original experiment, the art of finishing has taken off and is honestly just about everywhere in the whiskey world. Doesn't matter what region of the world it comes from, doesn't matter what style of whiskey it is, there's probably a secondary finished whiskey in that style. Since this bottle here that I have is labeled American whiskey, but starts off as bourbon, let's talk about finished bourbons. Uh, One of the first things to touch on with that is the laws that dictate what it means to be labeled a bourbon, particularly when it comes to aging. The spirit has to be aged in new charred American oak barrels before it can have the label of bourbon. Now, I might hear some people off in the distance saying, Wait, that means that if it's secondary aged, it couldn't be called a bourbon anymore. Except that's not entirely accurate. It does actually, from what I found on the uh, TTB and other websites online, is that if it was aged initially in New American Oak, the age statement only reflects the time that it spent in the New American Oak. It can still be labeled bourbon as long as it includes finished in whatever casks the finishing was done in. For instance, I have a bottle in my collection from Law's Whiskey House in Denver that is a four-grain straight bourbon whiskey finished in wine casks, specifically Sauternes is this bottle that I have here. It is labeled as three-plus years, so it spent at least three years in the new charred American oak, and then that is transferred into a sauternes cask, where it finishes aging in that cask, but that doesn't technically count towards the age on the bottle. So if it spent, let's say, three years and two months, I don't know the exact amount of time that it spent in the new oak for this bottle, and then it spent one year and ten months— Well, that adds up to a total of five years aging, but you can't call it a five-year bourbon. It's a three-year bourbon finished in Sauternes casks. Now, this is where, in my opinion, an interesting kind of debate point comes in, and something that I saw online after a finished bourbon was recently called uh, a best bourbon by one of the writer outlets, one of those big, you know, probably one of the magazines or something, I don't remember exactly which one, but I remember seeing a couple of comments underneath saying, this is finished, it can't win best bourbon. It just has to be a bourbon to win best, best bourbon. So, is it still a bourbon, really? One of the rules is that you can't add any flavors or coloring that come from anything other than the grains or the new charred American oak barrel. So, putting it in a barrel that isn't the original, doesn't that add color doesn't that add flavor well yeah absolutely it does but that's where the laws governing the labeling have said that you have to put on finished on that label so as long as you put that on there you can still technically call it bourbon it's also why some groups uh notably for this example the world whiskies awards have separated out the bourbon categories and included a category for finished bourbon, along with small batch, single uh, single barrel, and all of those things. Small batch is a whole nother can of worms that we won't really open up right now, because how exactly do you define small batch? I haven't found anything that says it's a small batch. Like, you know, you've got, let's take a huge bourbon producer like Jim Beam sends out, you know, they blend, I don't know how many barrels, let's say 1,000 barrels together to make a batch of Jim Beam, and then they release a batch that they only blend 500 barrels together. Is that still a small batch? Well, for somebody who blends four barrels together, no, that's a huge batch. But compared to a 1,000 barrel batch, yeah, that's, that's a pretty small batch. So, again, a little bit of a tangent there, but uh, let's come back to the label on the Mystic Mountain here. It is American whiskey labeled on the bottle in front of me. Now, I don't have the distiller from Mystic Mountain here to explain the decision to call it an American whiskey, but I can certainly understand the reasoning to labeling it that way instead of as a bourbon. And we'll go ahead and discuss exactly what all goes into this bottle here, and take some sips of it, and just kind of enjoy but we'll do that right after a word from a new sponsor i am proud to say that we are currently presented by kickin ass mountain pizza kickin ass mountain pizza is located up in fairplay right in the heart of south park if you aren't familiar with the show south park it's loosely based on the town of fairplay although with a lot less aliens and general crazy shenanigans If you are a person who loves wood-fired pizza, you will absolutely love the pies that come out of their oven. Each one is handmade to order. As soon as you walk up, you place your order. It is made, obviously, in the order that they come in, but then the dough is tossed. Fresh ingredients and homemade sauce added directly to the top and then popped into the oven right in front of you unless, of course, you choose to wait inside the Snitching Lady Distillery, which is located directly next to them, and have a drink while your food is prepared. On the weekends, with options for wings and specialty rotating pizzas, I can promise you are sure to find something you will absolutely love. They are open Wednesday to Sunday every week with some varying hours, so check out their social media, Kickin' Ass Mountain Pizza, on Instagram and Facebook. And honestly, it's Worth it to make an excuse to find yourself in fair play for this pizza. I cannot speak highly enough about how absolutely delicious it is. You will one hundred percent have to find yourself there. Uh, Kick ass mountain pizza also does put a little bit of salt on the crust of every one of their pizzas. That salt is hand smoked by yours truly. I actually take flaked sea salt, pop it into the smoker over a hardwood blend, and cold smoke it for several hours giving it a nice distinctive smoky flavor that you can add onto any dishes that you want. In addition to being used on their pizza, you can purchase this for yourself to use at home on anything that you might want to add salt and a little bit of smoke flavor too. So check out Kickin' Ass Mountain Pizza, check out Silver Heels Smoked Salt, which is my smoked salt, and by shopping with either of them, by checking them out, you're not only supporting local Colorado, you'll also be supporting me. So I appreciate you guys listening here through this ad, and hopefully you will check out both Silver Heels Smoked Salt and especially Kickin' Ass Mountain Pizza in fair play. Alright, let's get back to whiskey. So, this particular bottle, again, is the Outlaw Legend bourbon. I don't think I said that earlier, but it is the Outlaw Legend bourbon from Mystic Mountain, and they age it in Imperial Stout casks. Before we go too far into the entire process of this particular bottle, I really want to shout out something that I found particularly awesome about this release. Instead of partnering with a brewery to make this particular batch, Mystic Mountain chose to partner with a local homebrew club 39 Degrees North. I believe that they are located in Castle Rock. Indeed, they are. So 39 Degrees North, like I said, is a homebrew club. So instead of, you know, I I love it when breweries and distilleries get together. I love it when you get an old barrel that, you know, a used bourbon barrel that a distillery sends off to a brewery and then they send it back. And you see that happen in a number of spots. Breckenridge notably does it with uh, Breckenridge Distilling and Breckenridge Brewery with their Buddy Pass. There's a lot of really cool things that you can find that are done that way. But I've never seen a distillery reach out to a homebrew group or vice versa and exchange the barrels that way. I know, personally, if I was in a homebrew group, and i found out that my group got the chance to age our barrel or age our beer in a whiskey barrel particularly a bourbon barrel from a local distillery man i'd be i'd be ecstatic this would be awesome so i want to give a, you know a huge shout out to mystic mountain and a 39 degrees north homebrew club because i think that is just an absolutely awesome thing that they do Now, as I said, this castmate's release takes the outlaw legend two-year-old bourbon and moves it into a holding tank while the barrel is sent to 39 degrees north to age their anti-imperialist stout beer, which is an 11.3% ABV beer. After, it spends roughly six-ish months is what it says. Then that beer is bottled and done with whatever 39 Degrees North decides to do with it. Empty Barrel is sent back up to Mystic Mountain, and it is refilled with the Outlaw Legend. Spends another six months in the barrel again to finish off the aging process, and then is bottled at 50.5% ABV or 101 proof. This particular bottle that I have is bottled. 228 of 250 and let me tell you honestly this one is a master class of finishing a whiskey one of the bigger things that i've seen kind of a detractor from a finished bourbon finished whiskey product particularly when it comes to bourbon is that It's a shortcut to essentially make what would otherwise be an inferior product sellable sellable and palatable. I can understand some of where this thought process comes from. But while I can follow the logic that would get you to that point, I would completely disagree with that as being the rule. I think the vast majority... Excuse me. The vast majority of distillers are picking up on notes that would play well with their product and finishing adds a complexity that you just otherwise cannot get from traditional aging, from just standard aging in the new American oak barrel when it comes to bourbon, but without detracting anything from the actual product. This bottle does that absolutely excellent. The nose invokes a lot of notes that I expect from the Mystic Mountain Outlaw legend. Little hints of kind of citrus and baking spice and vanilla, but there's almost a creamy and definitely that malty, roasty stout, particularly, you know, that you know, when you have a good imperial stout and you get those dark deep roasted chocolate malt notes. That comes through just enough on the nose to really play well with everything else that, again, I come to expect from the Outlaw Legend. Once you take a sip of this whiskey, it is sweet up front, but it is huge, full-bodied, and again, that thick, kind of creamy mouthfeel. Adding those malty and roasty, deep, dark chocolate notes to the cinnamon, nutmeg, brown sugar of the Outlaw Legend. It then finishes really long with that stout beer really coming through at the very end. What I really love about this pour is the complement between the stout beer notes that just play along as sort of undertones, and I'm, you know going perfectly with all of those notes that the outlaw legend i personally am a huge fan of i really like this particular bottle i am also just a really big fan of finished whiskeys and as i've said before it adds flavors to the spirits that wouldn't traditionally be there without you know going out and adding like Before the rules for bourbon became the laws that they are today, you could just grab some ground up or, you know, grab some tobacco leaves and pop them into your whiskey to add that flavor to it. You can't add specific flavors like that anymore. So I think that the finishing really gives you the chance to pair things that you wouldn't otherwise have the chance to pair. I think it does this, this particular whiskey too, does this very excellently without changing or taking away from exactly what the spirit is supposed to be so cheers to mystic mountain hopefully you guys have learned something semi-interesting about cask finished whiskeys and i appreciate you guys joining me for this episode this will about wrap up this edition of a colorado craft podcast from mile high bourbon and rye Uh, Starting after this episode goes live, hopefully not too long after this episode goes live, I will have a new email list you can join. If you would like to join, head over to milehighbourbon.com and check out, or head over to milehighbourbon.com to the contact us page, or check for a link in the show notes. It's going to start off as a monthly email coinciding with the podcast, which will be back on track for a about once a month release. And we'll feature Colorado Everything in the same way the podcast does, with a heavy feature on whiskeys, breweries, distilleries, wineries, events, and releases. Also, if you guys follow me on social media, particularly on Twix or Twitter X, but Twix sounds a lot more fun to say than Twitter X, then you know I am definitely a huge hockey guy. Well, as of the... Recording of this episode, hockey season's officially begun and underway, with the Avs playing well, two wins under their belt, coming up to play Seattle next. I am very much excited for hockey season to be started. Recently, I had the pleasure of joining the Locked on Avalanche podcast before the season started, and we did a player and whiskey pairing. Well, with the next episode being against the Seattle Kraken, I do just want to say that if you happen to have a bottle of Distillery 291's bad guy, this is a perfect opportunity to grab that bottle, pour some into a glass, and enjoy enjoy the award-winning performance that Kale McCarr will be putting on the ice, as well as Distillery 291 puts into the glass in your hand. And of course, go Avs! To end every episode, I do finish typically with a mile-high shout-out. And I always have a dad joke as well. We're going to do the dad joke first, and this one I definitely appreciated a lot. Why should you never laugh at your spouse's choices? Because you're one of them. For this episode's Mile High Shoutouts, I want to shout out three different things. So the first one is... A band that I just recently saw, I went to see Avenge Sevenfold, as I am a big fan of that music, and the opener was a band called Wake Me out of Denver, Colorado. I gotta say, they put on one heck of a show. Check them out if you're into kind of that rock, uh, you know, metal type of scene. I think that they do an awesome job. And if you get a chance to see them live, highly recommend it. Lots of energy on stage. Absolute blast to watch live. Check out Wake Me. That's the first of the shoutouts. The next shout-out I have is El Jefe's Smothered Burritos and or sorry, Smothered Brats and Tots. El Jefe's was awesome to try. They've been at a couple of distillery events, State 38's Colorado Day release and Talnua's Nua's Junapalooza fundraiser event. The brats are awesome, they are absolutely delicious, the sauces that they put on the top also equally delicious, and you're not gonna go wrong with smothered brats and tots. It's absolutely amazing. Also highly recommend the curry mustard, curry brat that they had. I had that one at the State 38 Colorado Day party and that was absolutely spectacular. Finally, for my last mile-high shout-out for this one, I need to throw it out to the Colorado School of Mines. Currently, they are ranked number one in the Division II football in the NCAA. I am following them relatively closely, as my father is an alumni from Colorado School of Mines. He is over-the-top excited with just how awesome this team has been doing. They made it to the national championship for Division II last year and look like they're a pretty heavy favorite at this point to go ahead and make it all the way back to that championship this year. So cheer on your school of mine or diggers football. And, yeah, I mean, that's what I got to say is keep going, you guys, because that is absolutely awesome. Loving watching you guys play. Let's go, or diggers. If you are enjoying Mile High Bourbon and Rye, consider supporting the show and the website by rating it on whatever platform it is that you listen to, sharing it with other libation lovers in your life, or check us out at milehighbourbon.com slash shop to pick up a rocks glass. We have those for sale right now, and I have recently been able to lower the shipping costs a little bit, so if that was what's been holding you back from shipping out the or from purchasing a glass as the fact that the shipping costs were a little high i've been able to get those down just a little bit now so hopefully if you're interested go check that out pick one up support the site you can also find us on social media just search mile high barbin and rye on facebook instagram twitter twix x and now we are also on threads and blue sky check that out i'm we're all over the social media universe now Give us a follow, say hello, tell me what's the best craft beverage you've had recently. Where's the coolest bar that you had an awesome cocktail with Colorado Spirits? Where's the brewery that's poured you a beer that just absolutely blew your mind away? Let us know. We're always looking to talk about really anything cool in the state. If you happen to find a wicked awesome artist who's painting up cool things or taking awesome pictures, let us know. I'd love to hear about it and continue to pop them out. One last thing I do want to say before I go, I do want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart who has listened to this show, interacted with us online, helped us raise money for various charities or other events and fundraisers and everything that you guys have done over the last eight years. I've officially been running this now for eight years, and it is just crazy to me. Everything that I've been able to do, and I cannot wait to continue to do so much more. Keep following along. I've got some cool plans. If they can come to fruition, I think you guys will all enjoy them, and we'll continue raising money for all sorts of charities, and keep sharing some excellent trams together. Thank you once again to Roma Ransom for the intro and outro music, and I look forward to talking to all of you again. launching.